and welcome to episode 9 of the new series of Canny Conversations powered by The Pathway Group. My name is Mark Wakeley, one of the team who bring you these podcasts that we hope inform and inspire you, giving you an insight into the world of The Pathway Group. If you're new to the podcast, let me tell you, there are already 48 episodes out there and you can listen to all the past episodes by searching for Canny Conversations on your preferred podcast platform or go to 1386audio.com forward slash have a listen. The main person behind the Pathway Group is Safraz Ali. Saf set himself up as a social entrepreneur over 22 years ago. Being raised in Birmingham's Alum Rock, his early life and experience gave him an insight into the life and needs of an inner city community, which is at the core of his passion for improving the lives of people through education, training and apprenticeship. Where does emotional intelligence sit in your organisation? Is it valued? Does it make a difference? In this episode, Saf considers the role of emotional intelligence in the organisation, how it impacts on high performance and culture, cultivating a win-win-win mindset from which comes a competitive advantage. So let's hear from Saf. Hello and welcome again. Um, I'm going to focus a little bit more on emotional intelligence, emotional savviness, and again, linking it with our culture of the organization. It's one of the topics that I often talk about. You've heard me talk about the Johari's window, about things that are known to ourselves, things that are, you know, blind spots that are not known to us. I've spoken about being, you know, being aware, spoke about peer support, peer challenge and support, how we can help each other and so forth. And how does that sort of support come in? I talked, spoke about being lean, agile, responsive and, con- and consistent as an organization that allows us to continuously develop what we do. Talked about how we learn things and learn things and, you know, the whole Alvin Toffler quotation, which again, I've shared with you the fact that it's uh, been life-changing for me. Uh, shared with you some of our cultural documents as well in terms of above and below the line thinking. Obviously, we keep talking about our core values, how they're integrated within the organization. A lot of it, again, about how things are all connected and uh, woven throughout the organization as well. So following on, you know, we as individuals need to be in a position where we all, one of our key skills is about being able to read people, read situations. Uh, 15 skills and traits uh, is mentioned, has been mentioned a number of times. These are the 15 skills and traits that we focus on that we think are absolutely instrumental in our success. Uh, And again, how that fits in to the organization. A lot of this is about personal growth. You know, we're in the business of, of learning and we encourage all our people to be more aware of their own uh, journey, more aware in terms of where they're going. And a lot of this then is about uh, that sort of continuous lifelong learning approach and continuous sort of development approach. And learning is a process. It's, it's, it's actually uh, a journey that we embark on and we've got to be continuously looking at how we can stretch and challenge ourselves, how we can be in a position where we're continuously developing, uh, making small incremental improvements in how we do things, not just in terms of the work, but us as people. So, you know, getting that feedback with regard to you know, maybe a meeting that you've been part of, maybe 
presentation that you've done and feedback for the purpose of improvement, not feedback for the purpose of, you know, pat on the back, just to sort of make you feel better or, you know, for uh, validation, but more importantly, in terms of actually continuous improvements. So let's go back to emotional intelligence, emotional savviness. Johari's window is one thing, but I want to share with you uh, something else as well today, which is about you know, how we can read uh, people and situations a little bit better. And in the, in this case, we also view people how we view people. There are some people that you know you feel have a uh, potentially maybe a charming veneer who who come across a little bit more self centered, you know, who are not aware of themselves in terms of their weaknesses, uh, not aware of themselves in terms of the impact that they make. They may feel that they're insecure. They may feel the fact that they are uh, not contributing less than what they they are or more than what they in fact really do there may be an element where uh, you know we talk about win-win uh, and this win-win win culture there may be in a position where they have a win-lose mindset or win-lose mentality and again you know go back to our three pillars you know one of them is about mindset so we've got our three pillars systems and processes, we've got our numbers, but we also have this mindset approach. So there will be people who are sort of psychological game players. It's in every organization, it happens. But politically, we are an organization that, you know, is obviously people-focused. Our business is about working with others. And we all need to be a little bit more attuned in in, in how people take or what makes people taken as managers, as leaders, as individuals, we need to understand how do we get the best out of people and what does that mean? How do we get to situations where, you know, we create that environment where, you know, we're all moving ahead, we can protect our culture, you know, the, the, the culture of lean, agile, responsive, the culture of moving forward together the culture of sort of high performing and how do we create that high performing culture, high performing environment. And and really, there's a word that I often use, which is about us being attuned, being wise. And, and somebody who is, in my opinion, wise is uh, somebody who is uh, a listener or who is empathetic, who takes account of others, who intuitively understands things, you know, understands uh, where they are, they're transparent, they're open, they're sharing, you know, they have a creative, imaginative outlook. And they're the people who set goals, they're the people who are visionary, they create that win-win sort of culture, uh, they're, they're the sort of wise owls and so forth. And they're people who are, I would say, are have got the right integrity, they're individuals who, you know, you can learn from. You want to be talking to people who understand, you know, how they come across, you know, who are attuned to what's what's happening in, in the world, you know, who understand their weaknesses, who understand, you know, potentially uh, areas of where they've got to improve, who are in tune and in sync with what's going on, in sync with where things are. And I think that in syncness, I think that intuitiveness is absolutely, absolutely vital. At the other side, you've got people who are sort of inept. Everything's about games. Everything's about one-upmanship in their language of conversation. It's about one-upmanship. They they speak to people, and it's a, it's not about authority. It's about putting the other person down. They're often conspiring. Uh, they're often in a position where they're creating grapevine situations. They're, in my perspective, they're emotionally illiterate. They see things sometimes as black and white. They see things in a different manner. They're often you know unprincipled. Those are the sort of people that are problematic. At the same time, you've got individuals who 
you know, may have the right intention, but, you know, have an innocent approach, but they see things very simplicity uh, is how they view things. And, you know, that also be, can be quite counterproductive as well. They're in a position where everything is about going with the flow. They're not necessarily taking on board the comments that have been made. Uh, they're not necessarily questioning certain things in the right way. And again, you know, questioning if it's done in a challenging Positive manner is what we all want as an organization. And it's not always about believing that I'm right or the manager's right and so forth. It's actually giving your perspective. It's also understanding that, you know, why we do things. It's not always about sticking to the rules. It's about, you know, doing things uh, for the right reasons, not always about doing things because it's right. And there's also people who are sort of sometimes, you know, too busy to talk to others too busy, they're all in their own sort of box. There's no curiosity. And I think curiosity, yes, it did kill the cat, as they say, but curiosity also grows uh, you as a person. And it's getting that right balance right. Everything is about balance. You know, yes, there's going to be some element of a laser focus. There's going to be some element of deep work, but then there's going to be element of that continuous growth and, and so forth. And from my perspective, it's really understanding where that is, understanding how do we build alliances within our organization? Who do we work with? How do we make that impact? How do we, as individuals, give more? You know, how do we become that 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 go-to person? And how do we become more aware of what we're trying to do? How do we give more impact? Are we aware of what's going on? You know, we as an, as individuals, are we aware of how we balance the books on a monthly basis? You know, how, you know what our contribution is, what difference are we making? Do we have that element of responsibility? Do we understand our contribution? Do we understand the contribution that others have? Are we in a position where we are acting in the best interest of the of the organization, acting in the best interest of all of us? Uh, do we understand, you know, and, and protect our values, our behaviors? It's not just about the loudest person wins. It's not just about, it's definitely not about us and them culture. Uh, it's not about this isn't my job or, you know, people who are jobs worthy or people that, as I said before, take a view that it's not my fault or, you know, or blame others or worse still, have that element of fear of failure. You know, so you don't speak up, you don't have that courage to say things that you need to say. You're worried about stepping on other people's uh, toes. You're worried about the fact that I'm potentially uh, causing rift or problems. Therefore, you know, you're in a position where you're self-sabotaging. You're in a position where you're stopping yourself to give the best version of yourself to the organization and you're sort of, you know, diluting what impact that you, you, you can make. So, you know, it's, yes, people talk about, I don't want to, you know, step on other people's toes, but, you know, it's about the right intention and it's about doing things in a way that actually works and going back to our core values. So again, living and breathing those core values for the right reasons, because if you're doing it for the right reasons, that will come to the surface, that will be seen. You won't be viewed as undermining others or under, undermining other departments. You'll be seen uh, for doing the, the right thing. And uh, you'll be seen as somebody who is uh, open-minded, who is actually driven towards what they're doing and you know, is actually contributing for the right reasons. You don't want to be coming across as somebody who's close-minded, somebody who's coming in and saying, well, we actually we've tried this before and didn't work, or you know, uh, or close-minded on certain aspects of it, being critical before they even try. You want to be coming across as transparent, coming across as you know, giving it all, somebody who is actually starts with yes in mind, starts with the right intention. You want to be coming across as 
somebody who actually, you know, wants to make change for the right reasons. You know, sometimes it's not about putting paper uh, over the, the cracks that we have, solving a problem for the short term. Sometimes it's about, if it's right, then spending time looking for the root cause, uh, looking at things differently, looking in a way which is a bit more focused, and again, that right level of microscope and telescope perspective, sometimes it is about looking at the detail. It's about uh, supporting each other, that peer challenge, peer support, accountability. It's moving away from blaming others. It's easy to say, well, actually, I blame the management, or I, I blame this department, or I blame, uh, you know, moaning about you know, certain people. HR is this, or, you know, accounts are that, or this department isn't right, or this person, or this team, or... You know, this is the senior leadership team or the exec team or whatever the case is. You know, you want to move away from that and look at what can I do? What, you know, what can you do to actually contribute? And how can you contribute? And, you know, what have you done in your capacity to, to do so? It's not about being jobs worthy. It's not in my job to do that. Because, again, you're acting in the best interest of us all. So these are the sort of conversations that we want to really have with people and encourage that. You know, we need to change that. We need to change the language that we have. It can't just be about, oh, this has happened in the past and, you know, these are things that have happened, but what are we doing about it now? We can all talk about and give running commentary on things that have happened or blame the past, but what are we doing? How are we doing it? Uh, How do we ensure that it's done? How do we learn from that feedback? How do we learn from that challenge? How do we learn from that element of uh, recognizing success? How do we get into a position where we praise the right things and actually mention the things that aren't prized. You know, we don't want to be praising the wrong things and, and criticizing the right things and really getting that element of that balance. How do we spend uh, the right level of time learning from our failure? How do we be in a position where we are the lean, agile, and responsive and consistent organization we want to be? How do we get things to be quicker in terms of our implementation. Implementation is paramount in everything. You know, yes, there's going to be some element of planning, there's going to be some element of doing, but it's about quickness, it's about implementation, it's about getting things done and being in a position where, you you know, you take action, you learn and you review and you you go back to that. Uh, How do we be in a position where, you know, we feel that we can communicate at the right level, at the appropriate appropriate level? Uh, You know, we don't let things sort of bother us to, you know, we don't let things fester. We understand the decisions that are made. We can commit uh, and give our commitment, our dedication. You know, we commit to the right things being happening. You know, we're supporting the actions or we're talking up and speaking up uh, for the organization internally as well as externally. We find it acceptable for people to challenge us if we're not, we find it acceptable for us to be challenged and also at the same time for us to challenge others as well. And we're clear in terms of you know, our approach and we're comfortable in terms of our contribution and what we're about. And as I said, it's not about self-sabotaging or diluting the best that we can deliver. And really that element of consistency, that element of continuous improvements, that element of you know, getting our priorities right, our action right is, is vital. And one of those things is really, you know, we've got to move away from playing that victim card. We've got to move away from, you know, blaming others. We've got to really move away from of living in our own world and, and having that little bit of camps within camps and really under, understanding the uh, 
uh, individual responsibility that we have in terms of our role, individual responsibility that we have in terms of our department or or center, but also the collective responsibility, understanding the fact that we are only as strong as our weakest area, and we you know we have that element of where we are, and a lot of that goes back in terms of this emotional intelligence uh, element of it is see, our understanding of trust. This is the bedrock, it's our number one currency. And again, your definition of how you see trust is important. Trust isn't about honesty or integrity. I keep saying trust, we need to live and breathe this in terms of what trust is and how do we build trust with each other? How do we build trust in our department? How do we build trust in our center? And some elements of it is, again, is, is about the intention. It is about the character, but also this, this thing about competence, you know, how do we how do we do that? Yes, character is intent, it's your integrity, it's about caring, it's about being transparent, it's about being open, you know, integrity, yes, honesty, uh, fairness, authenticity. Uh, but let's move on to competency, the competency element of it. How do we demonstrate our competency? We're gonna do that by our capability and our results. So we talk about capability, that's about skills, that's about knowledge, that's about experience. That's what we're talking about there. Results is about really our reputation, our credibility, our performance, uh, you know, how we support each other to ensure the fact that we get the performance that we need. We create an environment, we create an atmosphere of trust. We develop meaningful relationships. We get into a position where we've got these relationships and everybody talks about good relationships, but people can't define what that is. It's not just about likability, it's not just about getting on. You know, it's as I said, you know, going back to our definition of team, you know, we're not a team because we work together, we're a team because we make each other better, we make each other stronger. And it's about developing that meaningful relationships, the deeper relationships and building trust in the workplace, I think is absolutely essential for the success of us as individuals, for the success of the company, being able to build these strong relationships that you can rely on is at the core of every professional relationship. I think trust is the currency, it's our ultimate currency, and I think it's absolutely necessary the fact that we establish uh, not only our own reputation, but that reputation of, uh, of our department, for our center, grow a strong network of people around us, whether that's within the organization uh, or whether that's outside the organization, but ideally within your organization where you know you can help each other in terms of the outcomes that you're looking at, help each other in terms of developing and, and growing better and being in a position where we can grow ourselves. You know, no one person is responsible for the success of the business, uh, for the success of the company. It is a team effort. You know, people talk about that regularly, uh, but it is genuinely a team effort. And in order for us to achieve uh, results in any organization, I think people need to be able to rely on each other. We need to be able to rely on each other in the workplace. Uh, and I think every chain of actions has some consequences. Every chain of events has some reaction. And I think, you know, we need to understand that. And we need to be able to really communicate that across. From my perspective, I would say, if we want to grow, we can't grow without this trust. Yeah, trust reflects our character, how we deliver uh, impact in our results. Uh, and I think, you know, we want to be in a position where people feel that they can naturally trust us to deliver, to produce the results, go above and beyond in terms of where we are. So there's a few things there that I've spoken about. 
you know, you will find me speaking about these things quite regularly. But part of that is also reflecting on where we are. So if we are in a position where we feel we want to change, or we don't like it, and we think the fact that, you know, we're in a position where things aren't going well, we've got to we've got to change it or we've got to take, you know, we've got to change it, we've got to take action. And, and the way we do that is change yourself. And, you know, we've said before, change has changed, change or be changed. And part of that is about these marginal improvements and continuous improvements. And this is why this is about the continuous journey, the small incremental changes and small incremental improvements. Have that vision that this is where I'm going, have that element of this is my journey, this is my starting point, this is the point that I'm at. And it's not about that one strike wonder or the big bang approach. It is about that continuous marginal improvements. That, that's if we want to, you know, you know, we either accept it as it is, carry on with the morning. But in usual cases, you know, it's about accepting it for the right reasons, accepting the fact that this is where we are. But having that approach, the fact that, you know, we're not always about below being below the line, about being blaming others or making excuses taking some responsibility, taking some ownership of what we do and, you know, moving away, away from it. You know, the worst thing we can do is uh, be in a position where we're in denial. We, we try and root it out from our minds, you know, escape from it, uh, hope and pray that it doesn't, doesn't happen. And then it hits us and smacks us in the mouth. Now, you know, we're in a position where it's that delusional shock that we have, which I think is one of the, the worst things that we can have. So we need to really understand and I keep going back to this understanding uh, the chalk face, understanding the call face of what's going on. What's going on in terms of our deliver, delivery, what's going on in terms of our impact that we're making and really being in a position where, you know, are we delivering the results that we're said to be? So as an organization, we talk about being emotionally uh, savvy as individuals, but as an organization, what, what are we trying to do? What's our aspirations? What's our desired outcome? You know, what, what are we trying to do? So what we want as an organization is this word that we've used in the past, which is about fit for purpose. Yeah, fit for purpose as an organization. And that's a very good word to have. You know, is this thing fit for purpose? Am I, am I doing this process? Is that fit for purpose? If you, if you start off with being fit for purpose or talking about fit for purpose, it starts with your intent. But it also talks about the, is that the most appropriate way? Is that the best route? You know, if you think about us as an organization, are we fit for purpose? Are we delivering the most appropriate qualifications? Are we giving the appropriate IAG? Are we using the right level of marketing funnels? Uh, what about our curriculum? You know, is the curriculum fit for purpose? You know, is the design right? Are we doing the value-added stuff? Are we covering British values? Are we giving, we're talking about additional needs? Are we covering that off? Is it quality there in terms of our curriculum, which obviously covers those ingredients? Is our learning sequence sequenced you know does it follow a particular sequence does it make sense in terms of what we're doing could we say truthfully say that our uh, our teaching is excellent is making that difference as an, as an organization do we have the right people delivering the 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 training uh have we as an organization uh, attracted retained and grown our people to deliver the results uh, are we inspiring those individuals the the staff the trainers, the engagement team, the the administration team, the people that, that are there. Do we understand the market demand? Do we understand how we are with our competitors? Do we understand the macro element of it? Are we customer focused? Do we have learners at the heart of our business? Uh, are we adding value to those learners? You know, Do we have a service which is on demand, allowing people to 
pick up uh, their learning when they want to uh, in their own time? You know, are we meeting the needs of those those individuals? Uh, are we meeting the needs of employers? Are we getting employers involved in what they do? You know, are we understanding our employers in terms of what you know what they want from us? Are we staying relevant in terms of the marketplace? Is our offer adjusted in terms of the the reality of what's there? Does it fit the economic element of choice as well? Overall, are we delivering the impact that we feel that we need to? Uh, the social impact, are we delivering the impact within the business? The commercial impact, are we making you know, a level of contribution? And are we connecting each part of the business? Is it all sort of linked up in the right manner? Uh, are the funding streams all connected in the right manner? You know, do we have a sort of progression mapped out? Do we have those positive progression uh, outcomes? Do we uh, identify clearly what we're trying to achieve, how we're going to achieve it? Do we mitigate our risks, mitigate opportunities for people to complain, mitigate the fact that we're dealing with public funds and therefore we need to be com- compliant? Uh, do we assure ourselves the fact that we, are, we as an organisation are safe and, and are compliant? Do we have that right level of growth, getting the balance right between the contribution each business makes, the impact that it, may, it makes? Do we understand our sort of projected sort of profiles in the, in the business? Are they accurate? Are they planned? Are they managed? Do we understand our sort of timeliness? Do we understand our achievement rates? Do we understand our outcomes and expectations? Are the right KPIs being used? You know, do we have a full understanding of what those KPIs mean and what the impact of, of not delivering on those KPIs is? And are those the right KPIs? When was the last time we updated our KPIs? When was the last time we changed the needs of our KPIs? really understanding the expectations and the outcomes that we have. Uh, are we aware of all the opportunities that we have? Are we aware of all the improvements that we need to make? Do we have a clear uh, roadmap of those improvements? Are we able to demonstrate the sort of levels of innovation that we've made? And do, do we know where all all the things that we need to know in terms of uh, what do we need to do? I think, you know, we go on to prioritizing our efforts, prioritizing our resources, prioritizing our efforts in terms of the risk that we have, again, going back to this party, prioritizing according to the risk return and yield for the business. Are we as individuals leading the change? Are we as individuals driving that change? Do we have that rigor, robustness and resolve? Do we have that element of problem-solving issue, resolving those thorny issues, being able to make those uh, or contribute to those bigger decisions? Do we understand the impact that we have uh, affects our reputation, the fact that we have affects our culture, our leadership, and how smart are we, you know, in terms of our approach. Going back to smart, and I'll talk a little bit about this smart, and we all, we've all heard about smart objectives, and that acronym, the fact that, you know, in, particularly in terms of go- uh, setting goals and objectives uh, for better results, for better performance, you know, and, and many people who, you know, have done any level of project management, any, any level of performance, whether it's employee performance or personal development, we'll talk about smart targets. Uh, and these letters, you know, smart are often used. They, they do change, you know, and, and because, you know, we've talked about before that, you know, sometimes the letters do change. I, I will share with you how I would like uh, our organization to uh, to look at smart targets and look at generally how to get the best way of getting smart targets. And from my perspective, the way I would, I would look at this is that if you look at uh, smart. So we're talking about specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and, and time-bound. There are other people who you know who have got a slight 
different ver versions of that. I, I personally think focus on the SMT, which is the specific measurable on time. So focus on the SMT. The A and the R within the SMART, you know, you could deal with that later. So prioritize the SMT, the specific, the measurable, and the time-bound element of it. The A and the R will often work itself out. So the A and R are, is it achievable? Is it realistic? Some people can f focus a bit too much on, you know, the A and the R. Is it really realistic? Is it really achievable? Can we really do this? And, and, and what happens then is that you're diluting your impact, you're diluting the, the difference that you're going to make. And you sometimes you, you sort of sabotage what we can achieve. So, so focus on S, M and the T. The achievable and the realistic, the A and R, we will leave until later. From my perspective, again, when you're setting these targets, and I think it's important, the fact that we have these goals, you don't make it too complex. You know, one center sometimes you know, does it all. But keep the statement bold. Keep it easy to remember. Keep it very ambitious, uh, you know, for yourself, for the organization. And hopefully that's something that you pick up from this and you, you, you'll hopefully utilize that. Uh, you know, I've done many sort of uh, project planning type sort of experiences. I've, you know, I've done many courses on project planning. You know, I've, I've gone and listened to many people. I've had business coaches myself. And I'm sharing with you the experiences of that to make you make it a little bit better. We've all, as I said, we've all can Google this and pick this up, pick that up from me. So I'm, I'm sharing with you what I think is something that will quicken the pace of some of our impact and, and again, make that meaningful difference, meaningful impact in your organization. You know, what I have found is that, you know, the words, uh, you know, when people are setting these targets, the words have sometimes changed, actually. You know, the language is evolving change, you know, we talk about changes change, but the language we use and the language that's used in terms of even these smart targets is sometimes different. So, you know, sometimes the S is specific. We can, you know, people sometimes you know, use the word S to be stretching. Sometimes they use the word S to be significant. Sometimes they use the S to say systematic or, or support. So, you know, often it's used as specific also stretching as well. So very similarly to the M as well, some people say M is measurable, often it's measurable, but some people use the M to be meaningful, some people use the M to be motivating, some people say M is magical as well. So, you know, I've seen that as well in terms of how we use this as well. In terms of the A, yes, achievable. Uh, it could be agreed as well. It can be action plans, it can be accountable as well. So these are the sort of different A's that people use when they're doing these smart targets. In terms of the R, relevant, realistic, reasonable, reliable, uh, results orientated, responsible, revealing, these are the sort of R's that come in come into this. In terms of the, the T, uh, yes, timeliness, timely, time-bound, could be tangible as well. You know, so people use the T for being tangible as well. So these are your smart targets. Uh, I've also seen smarter, so people add the E and R and you know, make that a little bit more. But whatever it is, as I said, let's focus on SMT. Let's focus on you know, the impact that we can make. In terms of our, uh, uh, the people in, the, in this business, we want to get the best uh, out of everybody. We want everybody to deliver to be the best version of themselves. We want to be in a position where we understand what your strengths are. We understand what your areas uh, are, where you excel. 
we are also understanding areas that you can actually make the biggest impact. And we want to focus on strengths. You know, people sometimes focus a little bit too much on areas uh, of improvement or weaknesses. What we want to try and do is be in a position where we can, you can revel in your success. You can excel in your strengths. Uh, you focus on the things that you're very good at. You are actually known for. You want to be known for those things because that's what's going to differentiate you from others. That's what's going to get you in a position where you know you become that go-to expert. And that's sometimes where we do get it wrong. Sometimes we focus a little bit more on our areas for weakness or our weaker areas. But let's focus a little bit more on our strengths. Uh, let's focus on our really the things where we're head and shoulders above others. We're better. We're better at certain things, and we can therefore get more out of our, our people. We can get more from from our leaders. We can get more from each other. We can be the better versions or the best version of ourselves as people, as as individuals. We we you know we need to move a little bit more away of just from focusing on our own priorities, but also understanding the business priorities. We can understand the fact that sometimes we need to understand and work at the pace that's fit for purpose. Again, this word fit for, for purpose to the business. Uh, you know, we're not just working at our own pace. We're not just focusing on our own priorities. We understand the, the business. We understand the fact that we've got to have the right level of challenge and support. We understand that level of peer coaching. Uh, we understand, you know, the fact that there can be at times not enough challenge. We also understand the fact that we can contribute, we have a voice. You know, it's not about stepping on other people's uh, toes, uh, which are often is quoted, but we can contribute and we should contribute to get the you know, best version of ourselves. And it's getting that, you know, again, fit for purpose, the right level of challenge, the right level of support. Too much challenge can become unproductive and it's getting that right level of support. And that right level of support will get us to a position where you know, it's that knowledge, skills and behaviours, which is, again, fit for purpose to what we're trying to do. A lot of it, again, is about that awareness, the awareness of where the business is going, moving forward, the way the business is moving forward, what your contribution is, and really understanding that microscope and telescope perspective, the bigger picture and the detail, understanding our priorities, understanding, you know, you know which of those have has the biggest revenue impact, which of those requires more effort, which of those you know, requires more team effort, which of those has an impact on others, and you know, what do we focus on? And we, we focus on things that have risk to the business, we focus on things that potentially are troublesome for us in terms of our reputation, we focus on things that are potentially protecting our reputation, protecting our culture within our organization. And we talk all take about we all take personal responsibility for that. We all take a personal responsibility for protecting our culture. We're all aware of that. You know, the macro and the micro, we all understand the fact that, you know, we've got to be in a position where we excel, uh, but we all allow others to excel as well. We create that win-win-win within the organization. We become a bit more wise. We take account of others. We listen. We're empathetic. We're open. We're sharing. We're imaginative. We create that win-win-win within the organization. And really... Everything sort of comes back and everything sort of is connected again. You know, so you'll, you'll see patterns of conversations going on. You know, so you'll see patterns of things that we've, we've spoken about because it is all interlinked, it's all connected. And we as individuals need to protect our culture and build those alliances within, within the organization and be aware, you know, take responsibility, be aware, be aware of our behaviors, be aware of our values 
and move away from an us and them approach, you know, move away from blaming others, you know, being moving away from having fear or, you know, being close-minded, you know, we've tried this, tried this before, or this doesn't work, and look into the position, uh, position where we can support each other. It's not just about blaming management or blaming others. And we can own our own legacy, own our own results, own our own actions, and we commit ourselves to that change. We commit ourselves to moving ahead and moving forward together positively. I'll, sh- I'll leave it there. Thank you so, so much again for listening. And thank you for allowing me to share my thoughts with you. Thank you. If you want to understand how SAF and the business reached the point of developing this strategic overview, then why not listen to the rest of this current series, which can be found on the usual podcast platforms under Canny Conversations, or go to 1386audio.com forward slash have a listen. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then please like, review, subscribe or follow and please tell your friends and colleagues about us if you would like to know more then please go to cannyconversationspodcast.co.uk or go to SAF's website safrats.co.uk SAFRAS has also written a series of easy to follow business books Canny Bites these are available from cannybites.co.uk forward slash buy the book We will be back next week with another Canny Conversations podcast. So until then, have a good week. This is a 1386 audio production.